Go ahead. AM 1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Look for the pull up. 22 in the quarter. Approaching the 40-point threshold. And efficient. 14 of 19. Doncic going for 50, and he's got it. Good fight for Phoenix to get back in it, but Dallas owns the fourth quarter. Time to shoot for Tatum. Matched up with Dennis Smith. Now Wilson switches out. Got Duke versus Kansas here. Deep triple. Oh, yeah. Hand off, Rice down the lane, kick out to Wells. Drive by Wells, bounce. Jones, the flush, good offense. Will Love shoot it. Step back three on the way. Off the right of the rim, rebounded by Jones. Rice with the ball to heave to the other end, and Washington State holds on to defeat number eight, Arizona. Said Wheeler, now three to shoot. He wants another. It's been that kind of night. He's five for five from behind the arc. Being defended by Ward. Dillingham jumper. Got it! Kentucky takes the lead. LSU has a timeout. They're not going to use it. Seven seconds to go. Here goes Wright with five. Wright with three. Driving. Has it blocked. Gets it back. The shot. Good! Tyrell Ward puts it in on a broken play. And LSU wins it. 75-74. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports zone guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. Welcome to the Thursday, February 22nd edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and Castlex HD 2 100.7, the Suns, are they a title contender? Suns Mavericks, is tonight a big game? The Celtics, do they end the championship drought? The Wildcats, do they cover tonight? The Sun Devils, are you watching tonight? From the uh, National Roundup, Kentucky loses again. And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. Uh, 10.15 or so, we'll go around the NBA. No, uh, Mo DeKeel from, uh, from the Athletic. Uh, Mo is scheduled to join us in the next segment. 10.30, interactive action, 602-260-1060. Also, we'll get to some bottom line. Time pending, some uh, local roundup stuff, including previews of Suns, Mavs, ASU, Washington, and really most importantly tonight, U of A and Washington State. And then the final segment of the Sports Zone will be the national roundup. I'll include some latest line info from those three games I just mentioned in the local roundup. We'll have the uh, updated line for those games to begin the national roundup. Also, some uh, from the scoreboard, time pending, rip from the headlines, and from the wire. All that in the National Roundup. Then after the Sports Zone, from 11 to 1 o'clock, it's the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. Right now, on to the pipeline we go. 
Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. And today's question are the Suns, 2024 NBA title contenders. And Corey's here and has the early returns. Leading close is no, 55%. Yes, at 45%, KDUS1060.com. The Suns are among the NBA teams back in action tonight after the peace and harmony of the past week, known to some as the All-Star break. Meanwhile, the Suns play tonight at Dallas. Some might consider this a big game uh, because the Suns, over the next two days, they could actually fall from the fifth seed to the eighth seed in the Western Conference. Is tonight's Suns-Mavs game a big game? Meanwhile, today's ex-poll question to the Celtics in their recently elusive NBA championship dry spell. Uh, do they end it this season? And once again, Corey has early returns. Leading here is no. 75% of error. Yes, at 25%. KDUS AM 1060 on X. The Celtics have not won the finals since 2008. They've reached the finals just once since 2010. That was in 2022 when the Celtics lost the final three games in the series and six games to the Warriors. Meanwhile, on the local front, the U of A is projected a top seed by the uh, NCAA bracket people, uh, but uh, the U of A will not lead the Pac-12 after tonight if it loses again to Washington State. Washington State's won 10 of its last 11 games. Uh, the odds makers do not like the U of A. Uh, the power ranking people do not like, excuse me, they don't like Washington State. Uh, they love the U of A. In fact, tonight, when you have first against second place in the Pac 12, the U of A is a 13 point favorite tonight at home against Wazoo. Do you think the U of A will cover the 13 point spread at home against Washington State? Meanwhile, ASU and Washington. Also play tonight a battle of two of the worst teams in the awful Pac-12. Will you watch ASU and Washington, the showdown tonight from Tempe? Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? All right, that's the pipeline for today. We've got all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion category. So whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602 260 1060, or you can tweet the show at x.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules, or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey, we'll have a news update. That'll be followed by around the NBA with Mo DeKeele of the Athletic. Uh, we'll get into the Suns, certainly, uh, uh, quite a bit. And then we'll cover some other Western Conference teams. And however much time we have left at that point, we'll get into the Eastern Conference to some extent. Uh, once again, at the bottom of the hour, to be phone call time, general discussion, 602-260-1060. Also, some bottom line answers from today's pipeline questions that you just heard time pending it will have at least some local roundup as i mentioned uh we'll get to some of the uh, games for tonight uh once again that's time pending depending on phone call volume you're listening to sports so with bob kemp on kdusam 1060 and castlex hd2 100.7 
I'll turn those picks into gold. Wall-to-wall NFL coverage and the biggest stories coming to you from 3 to 5 p.m. The Rich Eisen Show here on KDUS AM 1060 and KDUS1060.com. And welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. Your home of the Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 a.m. The NBA regular season resumes tonight. Out to the KDUS hotline we go to go around the NBA. We're now joined the Sports Zone by Mo DeKeel of The Athletic. And Mo, what did you do during the All-Star break? Did you get at least lost for a few days? I, I did. I also did watch some film in between a uh, little breaks, but I was able to relax, Bob, and, and, and uh, enjoy myself and enjoy my fiance. Uh, she loved it because she's like, we don't have to watch basketball tonight. I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> so it was great. Uh, she got to control the remote for a few nights. <laughs> Okay, is she a basketball fan? I mean, I'm, 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 America wants me to ask. Okay, that, that's she a good thing. Okay, nobody could deal okay. with me if they weren't a basketball fan. <laughs> okay, that that's also good to hear. Oh, so now we've cleared up all that. Uh, on to the Suns we go. Fifth in the Western yeah. Conference, entering tonight's game at Dallas. Uh, the five through eight spots are you know so bunched up that Suns could you know they could go from fifth to eighth by tomorrow night. Uh, the Suns, at least for me, they're, they're kind of what I expected. They can score. They don't defend very well. The rebounding has been iffy. The thing that's actually been alarming to me is all the turnovers. We're 55 games into the season, so can these weaknesses improve before the playoffs start? Yeah, but I think, Bob, the most important thing is can they be healthy? That's really the biggest concern with this team. You know, 55 games into the season, I don't have the number off my off offhand, but how many games have they been fully healthy or just even had their big three, I think is mm-hmm. really kind of their big issue. And now Beal, you know, he was out by the end of the – by the start of the All-Star break, and it's you're, you're concerned with this team. And I think you have a lot of questions in terms of that. I mean, I think they can fix – the turnovers is a product of just not having a lot of chemistry and knowing each other. And that's a product of not having played enough games together. And I think that's the big concern with this team. Also, they don't have a point guard. And, you know, they've been awful in the fourth quarter. They've got the most blown leads when leading at the start of the fourth quarter in the league. And I think, I think some of that has to do with just they seem to be a little confused as to what they want to do in the fourth quarter. Uh, was there a point guard out there that they maybe could have gotten or they just didn't, that guy didn't exist in the trade market? I mean, not at the level that would have taken them to a, a, the next step in terms of a starting point guard. You know, maybe they could have made a run at Tyus Jones or Monty Morris, but those are backup level point guards. And that's the problem. Another issue with this team. You know, the, when they first came together, it was, hey, Devin Booker is going to play point guard. Beal's going to play point guard. They can create for others and whatnot. They can create for others. That's very true. But they are also scorers. And that is really what you need from them more than anything else. And I feel like that is a major problem that happened when they were putting this team together. But as of now, there's also no point guard available. I mean, maybe Kyle Lowry at the buyout market, but do you need another guy that's going to be questionable if he's able to play and make it through the whole season yeah that's true they've got a few of those guys unfortunately uh, 
Yeah, as you mentioned, uh, they've got some of these guys that uh, unfortunately had injury histories here. They did add Royce O'Neal and Thaddeus Young in the last couple of weeks. Can those two guys make a difference between the rest of the regular season and also the postseason? Yeah, I mean, they can help along the lines of providing more wing defense and a little more wing depth defensively. And, you know, and other guys that can kind of spread the floor and shoot more Royce O'Neal, I think, than Thaddeus Young. But I think that's a uh, – those were smart pickups that they made because that was really all they could kind of do at the deadline. They don't have a lot of assets as well to make moves. I think that's kind of the situation they were put in. They did the best they could with the, the small amounts that they had to make moves with. Okay, this next thing is kind of a loosely you know, turned question here. Uh, do you consider the Suns to be title contenders this season? No, and I didn't consider them to be title contenders actually going into the season. Uh, my biggest concern was actually Yusuf Nurkic, and he's probably been the best part of the of the Suns all season. You know, he's been a, he's held up a lot better than I thought he would. But I think come playoff time, him at the center position is a massive weakness for them. And again, no point guard, questions of health. I just can't look at this team and say they're a title contender when you see how good the Nuggets are, how good the Clippers are playing. The, the Thunder and the Wolves are all teams that are better, better than them and, and well-constructed. Okay, I'll get to some of those teams you just mentioned in a couple moments here. Suns and Mavs play tonight. Other than plenty of offense, uh, what can we look for in this contest from Dallas this evening? Uh, no defense. Um, <laughs> I think it's the first thing you can look at from Dallas. They're not a team that plays a lot of defense. They struggle. But I like the move that they made. I like the P.J. Washington trade. I like Daniel Gafford. They're guys that are lob threats for Luka Doncic. You know, it's a question of getting Luka and Kyrie. Again, a lot of time missed between the two of those guys for the Mavs this season. But getting them on the floor at the same time as well, it just creates so much difficulty for the defense in terms of having to cover everything i like the moves they had i would look for a high scoring game and a lot of little high flying stuff and and a couple of lobs here okay i've so noted i've got uh, I'll have my little uh, you know bingo card going once that game starts now all right mo de keel mo de keel from the athletic currently in the sports zone the Nuggets, uh, as of right now, fourth in the West, are, are the defending champions, are they kind of cruising their way through the regular season and they're just going to flip the switch when the playoffs start? Yeah, I, I, they definitely have that vibe of a team that's sort of coasting right now. And I think trying to kind of figure out along the lines of like, hey, we've been there, we know what it takes, we know what we have in these guys. And I think the answer for Michael Malone right now, or the question for Michael Malone right now is, what do I have on the bench? And that's why, how much can I count on Peyton Watson? How much can I count on uh, Christian Braun and uh, Christian Brown, excuse me. See, it messes me up. Brown spelt like Braun. Always is going to mess me yeah. up. Um, but how much can I count on those guys through the course of the season off the bench and helping us, and what can I expect from them in the playoffs? I think that's the most important thing. And my dog, Luca, agrees, if you just heard him bark. Not a problem. Uh, I, I was with you on the Braun thing when he was at KU. So there we go. Um, uh, uh, the Timberwolves, 39-16, and 16, they lead the West. Uh, why are they so much better this season? One, I think they've had a full training camp together. I think the one thing that gets lost about last season is Carl Anthony Towns was heavily was, – was so sick you know, he missed the entire training camp and had lost a ton of weight and wasn't his normal self till about 
the later half of the season. I think, you know, Rudy Gobert was kind of trying to find his way. This year, this team has a defensive identity, and they're figuring it out on offense. And on the defensive side, this is the best perimeter defense Rudy Gobert has ever had in front of him. It makes his job a lot easier in terms of rotating and blocking shots when guys like Anthony Edwards and McDaniels are able to kind of do a great job of slowing up the guards and giving Rudy enough time to rotate over. I think that's one of the big things for this team is that, and then the leap Edwards has taken as becoming a number one option. Those are all the things that have led to the Wolves becoming one of the top teams in the league. OKC, second in the West. Do they maintain this level of play once we get to the postseason? And what should they expect from Gordon Hayward? I have a lot of questions about this team come playoffs. I think they're great. They're a lot of fun. I think the question for me is their size. I know they picked up Bismack Biombo as Suns fans are well aware who he is um, mm-hmm. to help sort of counteract that. But I think they're going to have a serious problem come playoffs with, with size. They're going to have a problem rebounding. They're going to have a difficulty with all that. And I think that's going to lead to problems for them in the playoffs. And, you know, the idea with Gordon Hayward, you know, assuming, again, good health, is he's a guy that's going to be able to play in crunch time and make it easier for them to not play Josh Giddy, who's not really a good three-point shooter, although he's, he has moments where he shoots too well. It's not reliable enough. So somebody with Gordon, with his veteran presence, they're hoping that that's a guy that can help them kind of get over the – the hump and in close games in the playoffs if they need it helps spread the floor. And I think that's really what they're hoping they're going to get out of Gordon. The Lakers and the Warriors, they actually played better during the last couple of weeks before the all-star break. Uh, do we believe in these teams or just a hot streak before the break? I believe in the Warriors more than the Lakers. And one of the reasons why is I think, there was a good amount of time for the Warriors without Draymond Green, and we know that whole story and everything that went with that. But I think he's come in, and it's really sort of opened things up for this team. Jonathan Kaminga is playing at another level. Steph Curry is Steph Curry. He's still that guy. And I think you're watching this team kind of come together defensively. And that's really – when we talk about the Warriors and the run they've made, we always talk about their offense, but we never focus on their defense. And their defense is what made them special. And I think they're beginning to come together in that sense. I don't know if that means they're a, uh, a real threat in the playoffs, but I believe in them more than the Lakers because I just think with the Lakers, they got a lot of problems offensively. I'm not a big Spencer Dinwiddie guy, so I don't think he helps them that all that much, even though they picked him up in the buyout market. LeBron's already going to miss tonight's game with an ankle injury, so you're beginning to wonder his durability. And if he's out, this team really begins to struggle offensively. So I do have questions for them. I'm not as uh, high on them as I would say the Warriors right now. Speaking of LeBron, you know, I kind of checked out during the All-Star break entirely. Uh, you know, I think he said something like he's not going to announce his retirement before whenever, whenever is his last season. Um, wouldn't he just well, – yeah. It seems like he wouldn't mind the attention. I think he likes attention. Uh, and he also would get like 29 rocking chairs or whatever from all the opposing teams, right, when he made his last appearance or something. Yeah, I don't necessarily buy LeBron not uh, announcing his retirement or or, or kind of uh, being a little bit against the farewell tour. I think, you know, the attention is something he likes. And besides that, he's probably filming a documentary while that's going on. Like, I don't, I don't feel like we're going to have a, uh, um, 
Kawhi, LeBron going to leave quietly like Tim Duncan, who just sort of just said, all right, guys, I'm done. And everybody's like, oh, oh okay. Um, you know, I think, I think we can expect a, some sort of announcement from LeBron. But the funny thing is, when's it going to be? I still think he's got a few more years in him. And I right. think that's going to be the uh, interesting thing. You know, it, it still might be three or four years away from now. Talking to NBA with Mo DeCue from The Athletic. The Celtics are the best in the East. Uh, uh, it's been more than a decade since they won a championship. What makes this team different, or is this team different? I don't know how different this team is. I think they are the best in the East, but part, part of that is because the East is pretty bad up top. You know, it's a little bit, you know, the mm-hmm. teams that we thought were going to be so good are, are not there. Philly with the Embiid injury is kind of out of it. You know, the the Bucks are uh, uh, struggling, and nobody will tell you more than Doc Rivers about how tough of a job that is. And I think the, uh, you know, the, the Celtics are kind of just a good product of that. They're a very good team. I don't want to get that mistaken i just i still to this this is the third or fourth year in a row where i begin to have questions about them at the end of games i just don't trust their options at the end of games in terms of i feel like they tend to go away from what works offensively and go into hero ball and that tends to hurt them more than help them throughout uh games and i think that's something that might become more of a problem come playoff time so i have have serious questions about them but they are my pick to come out of the east Joe Mazzula um, made some, I think it's accurate to say, mistakes last year in the postseason, uh, you know, some interesting moves. Are we confident that he learned from that experience? He definitely made some mistakes. I think the uh, um, we, we, problem, Bob, is we're not going to know until the playoffs. You know, right. like, this is, you know, if, if he learned from those mistakes or whatnot. I like what he's done defensively with this team. I think having a guy like Drew Holiday allowed them to be more creative defensively. I wrote about it for the Athletic uh, a few weeks ago about how he's kind of reimagined their zone defense by putting Drew Holiday in the middle and they've added a few other wrinkles defensively. I like what he's done, but man, like, this is a hard job uh, in the sense of for him, we're not going to judge him based on how the team looks in the regular season we're going to judge them on if they get to the finals or not and if they win in the finals that's really the the situation there so that's a tough question to answer about missoula we'll have to find out come playoff time you mentioned the bucks and doc rivers um you know i was not in favor of the lillard trade because they went from one of the best perimeter defenders in the planet to one of the worst uh and I'm a little mystified. What seem, people seem to be surprised that the Bucks aren't good defensively. Uh, can can Doc rescue them and make them at least okay on defense? Well, he's he's doing it now. To Doc's credit, like even though they haven't won a lot of games, he's actually improved the defense. The defense has gotten better. He has them more organized, more more set up, and more aware of what they need to be doing. In that sense, the problem is the offense has completely fallen off the cliff. And now it's a, you know, now it's a question of can you marry these two? Can you get your defense playing as well as it is and get the offense back to the level it was when Adrian Griffin was there? And I think that's really the big question for the Bucks right now. And that's, that's really the surprising thing is how far their offense has fallen off since Doc has taken over. Okay, the Cavaliers, you have to help me here. I haven't watched them much, quite frankly. Uh, do we believe in them when we get to the postseason? This is going to bother Cleveland fans, but no, I don't believe in them. Um, I think this is one, Donovan Mitchell's been on an incredible heater. And let's give this team credit. I wrote them off once it was 
Evan Mobley and Darius Garland were going to miss extended amount of time. And this team has figured out how to play. They got some tough guys, you know, in Max Drews and George Niang, and those guys really have helped them sort of uh, stabilize the situation. And Jared Allen's been unbelievable. And, and Mitchell's in the MVP running. But come playoff time, I just think they're still not where they need to be. I still don't think they figured out how well to pair Jared Allen and Evan Mobley together. And I think that's going to be one of the problems that they're going to have to figure out come playoff time. And for me, I just don't think they get the answers this year. Last up, uh, you mentioned the East is not exactly uh, you know, your heavyweight championship battle here. Uh, is, there, is there another team in the East I should be asking you about or a team that uh, we should pay attention to that maybe is not in the top two or three right now? Well, I think the team we didn't talk about was the New York Knicks. And that's a team yes. that I think has a legitimate chance at the conference finals. And if they play Boston in the conference finals, I think they're going to give Boston a hell of a scare. I think the addition of OG and Obi before the deadline and uh, Boyan Bogdanovich at the trade deadline were huge pickups for this team. And I think they've been playing really well. And that's with injuries to Ananobi, to Randall. Jalen Brunson is another guy you have to look at as a potential MVP candidate, at least going to finish in the top five. You just watch the way this team is playing. They have a level of toughness about them that any team that goes into the garden and plays them knows, hey, we're in for a tough fight. It's not going to be that easy. And I think this is one of those teams that I think we really got to look at and consider as a potential conference finalist. I definitely should have included them in my little list here, so my bad on that, no doubt. Me, uh, Mo, I mean, always good pleasure. Market, Bob. New York's a small market, Bob. Nobody would have <laughs> How could I forget? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's probably where I should start. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll, I'll remember that next time. Okay, Mo, always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks much, and uh, have, good, have a uh, good post-All-Star break. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me, Bob. I've missed you. It's been a while. <laughs> I know. Okay, we'll start bothering you for, with high frequency here now that we get closer to the playoffs. I promise. Please, please do. Okay, well, I can do that. Thank you. I only need some encouragement here. That's, I, you don't need to encourage me. There you go. All right, Mo DeKeel from The Athletic. Always a pleasure talking to Mo. And uh, you know, the fiancé is a basketball fan. We learned a lot there. Uh, and we'll learn some basketball, too. Uh, next segment, phone call time, 602-260-1060. Also, we get to some bottom line answers from today's pipeline and then time pending some local roundup stuff. Do you want to get in? We got time for phone calls in this segment, and uh, we've been a little scarce on the phone calls here lately. So let's, if you want to bump that up, you don't have to be a longtime caller. I'm not going to run you off unless you just say something totally ridiculous. Then we'll run you off and have fun with it. Uh, 602-260-1060. That's the number if you'd like to participate. Time pending, we'll get to some uh, local roundup tonight. Uh, Suns, Sun Devils, not looking forward to that. Uh, I'm looking to the Sun, looking forward to the Suns and the Mavs because, as Mo mentioned, nobody's going to guard anybody. Uh, the Sun Devils, I don't want to watch that, but the U of A game, that's going to be fun. In Tucson, we'll get to some of those things in the next segment, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and Castellux HD 2 100.7. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time at the KDUS hotline. Call the KDUS hotline right now, 602-260-1060. If you're on hold, we'll get to you in just a couple of minutes. 
First up, let's get to some bottom line answers from today's pipeline. Uh, the pipeline, of course, starts with the poll questions. The KDUS uh, poll question at KDUS1060.com. Uh, today is, are the Suns 2024 NBA title contenders? You heard Mo answer that question in the last segment. Mo's on my side, or I'm on Mo's side. However that works. We're on the same side there. Uh, we'll answer that question. If you don't know the answer to me, uh, talking about the Suns, you haven't listened to the show very often in the last few months. But uh, we'll get to that along with the uh, the ex-poll question today. Do the Celtics in their recently elusive NBA championship dry spell this season? And uh, we'll get to those uh uh, the answers to those questions during the noon hour of the Extra Point hosted by Kayla, so stay tuned for that. Meanwhile, today's uh, you know rest of the pipeline questions for today is tonight's Suns-Mavs matchup a big game. The bottom line is the Suns have 27 regular season games remaining. Uh, the differential between 5th and 8th place in the Western Conference is one loss at this point. The idea that this is a big game, I think, is very laughable uh, because the Western Conference, with this tightly, this, these tightly bunched standings like this, uh, the, the, the five through eight spots are likely to change almost every day, if not every day, from now until the end of the regular season. Uh, so to call this a big game, I think is, as I mentioned, laughable. Uh, they, they're fifth place starting tonight. By the end of tomorrow night, they could actually be in eighth place. Meanwhile, does the U of A cover the massive point spread? 13 points are favored against Wazoo tonight. Bottom line is the U of A wants to play fast. Washington State would prefer a slower tempo. That worked for Washington State when they beat the U of A 73-70 in Pullman back on January the 13th. The U of A, I think, gets straight-up revenge tonight and wins the game, but I will take Wazoo plus the points tonight for sure. Uh, it should be uh, – I think it would be fun. Uh, hopefully they play again. Uh, you know, they're only two decent teams in the conference at this point, and the only two teams projected by most of the bracketologists to even be in the NCAA tournament at this point. Hopefully they play next month in the Pac-12 tournament on a neutral site even though the neutral site in Las Vegas is never really a neutral site because it's, you know, all the people from Tucson go to Las Vegas for a few days. And why wouldn't you, if you're, if you're living in Tucson, why wouldn't you go to Las Vegas for two or three days? No matter whether the U of A is playing or not. Uh, meanwhile, uh, the U of A uh, has the big game tonight against Washington State for first place in the conference. ASU and Washington play tonight. They're both really bad. Uh, will you actually even watch this? The bottom line, it's my. if it weren't my job to watch ASU basketball, I would find almost anything to do other than watch tonight's ASU and Washington game. They are two really, really bad teams. All right, on to the KDUS hotline we go. Vince and Phoenix. Hi, Vince. You know, uh, the U of A game in Washington State, the only problem with it is it starts at 9 o'clock. And, uh, that is true. Uh, Got to take a nap in the and, afternoon. And so you better take a nap this afternoon. And uh, no, and, uh, I yeah, I can't really do that because the sun start at like five thirty, and uh, then the U of a, the ASU games at like seven. Uh, so I'll watch the second half of the ASU game because that's what I do. And then I'll, I'll be fine. I'll, you know, I, I got I got like nine hours of sleep last night, which is a miracle. So I'm I'm good, well, ready to go. I'm fired up. Yeah, uh, thank you very did much. I see Sean Miller's 
going to be the coach at Ohio State? He's one of the 700 people that is rumored to be in the running to be the coach at Ohio State. Uh, so he's one of the you – know, I'm not joking. I'm, I'm a little joking a little bit. I mean, 700 is a big number. Uh, but seemingly everybody that is, uh, has a college basketball job or some guys that don't even have a job are rumored to be in the running to be the next coach at Ohio State. So they're changing athletic directors. Uh, so that puts another little um, twist into the system here. Uh, and uh, really, you know, Gene Smith, who used to be the AD at ASU for, you know, when I first got here in the early 2000s, uh, he's the Ohio State Athletic Director, but he's actually retiring at the end of the school year. However, uh, you, know, you know, Bjork, who is the new AD, uh, the incoming AD from Texas A&M, it's believed that he's going to have a large part in the hiring process here. Well, he's kind of scary with – he didn't make some great hires at Texas A&M, did he? That would be correct. But he also had to clean up a lot of mess at Texas A&M. Um, okay. I don't know if you consider this a bit. The Ohio State basketball program has become a mess, uh, but it hasn't been a, an ugly, off-the-court, you know, people getting in trouble mess that they had with some of the things going on at Texas A&M. Well, can a coach actually be gratefully successful at a football school? Absolutely. I mean, they've made the Final Four several years in the last 25, 30, 40, 50 years. They were a basketball powerhouse in the 60s. And I'm not exact, that's well, not yeah, an exaggeration. You remember time. that. Yeah, but yeah, they, made the, they, made the final, they made the Final Four in the late 70s. Uh, they made the Final Four. And uh, yeah, the, the Greg Oden team made the championship game when Mike Conley was also the freshman point guard that year. Uh, they should have been in the Final Four, at least the Sweet 16, uh, the, 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 the pandemic year. And uh, that, that was the, the undoing of Chris Holtman. Uh, they never got to the Sweet Six, never made it past the Sweet 16 during his time there. And right now they have a very low level of talent. I'm not even sure they have an NBA player on their roster right now, even a player yeah. in the NBA on their roster. Yeah, I saw Fred Taylor's team play with that is correct. Lucas back in the well, I was, I was like three years old then. But City. Yeah, well, they went to the Final Four in 1968, so – they well, beat the University yeah. of Houston and Elvin Hayes in the Final Four champion, the consolation game, as they called it back, back in those days. Yeah, but isn't it more difficult today that to be a, have a football power and a basketball power? I think it's difficult, but I don't think it's more. I don't think it. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's more difficult. I mean, Michigan's won. You know, they made it to the championship game of college basketball last ten years. And they obviously you know, just won a national championship in football, and that's been known as a football school forever. So I think it's impossible. But I mean, I, I actually they they they're one of the, actually Holtman was the twelfth highest paid coach in college basketball when they fired him last week. He was number twelve yeah. in the pay pay scale of all college basketball, not football, yeah, basketball. Could have saved money if they'd have waited a few days, I guess. That would be true. So, yep, that's very true. They, okay, they must have plenty, plenty of money. So, oh, they got money. That's not an issue. They've got they got plenty of resources without question. So, good stuff. Appreciate it. Thank you. Where am I Thanks. going next, Corey? I'm sorry. 
Alan Phoenix. What's going on, Al? Hey, Bob. You know, actually, I guess Vince is older than you. Wow. Um, the uh, Yeah, it's hard to believe that anybody's older than me. I mean, that's shocking. Yeah, except for Kevin McCabe, right? Uh, the one guy in the world. Uh, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. The two guys in the world, you mentioned one, and I just talked to the other. Everybody else I'm older yeah. than. You know, Ohio State had it going really well with Thad Mata, I thought. I mean, he, he, he That's true. Unfortunately, he got ill. Yeah. yeah. He left because of illness. And, yeah, he le- you know, basically the teams recruiting against Ohio State told recruits that Mata was either dying. Remember, that was a story out there, that yeah. he was dying or was going to retire because of health. And, uh, you know, he stepped aside, and now he's doing a tremendous job at Butler this year, which is interesting because that's where Chris Holtman came from before he took the Ohio State job. Uh, yeah, and the, the, uh, they did that against Lute Olson too, that kind of negative recruiting. Although Lute oh, yeah. Somewhat, yeah. Well, it's when you yeah. get uh, – you know, that's going on even more and more you know, now because you've got some older coaches. You know, Larinaga at Miami, there's talk that he's going to retire. Uh, Tom Izzo yeah. gets asked literally every week whether he's going to retire at the end of the year, and he's so frustrated to being asked a question. He went off on somebody the other day about that when he got asked. It's like a weekly question for him, and he's tired of hearing it. And uh, he does admit that he's a little worn down because of the NIL and the, you know, the uh, transfer portal. But uh, yeah, older coaches—that's part of the deal. Well, I was curious. What do you think about the U of A's new athletic director? Um, not real sure. I know that when she she used to be the UNLV athletic director, and I still have friends in Las Vegas. A couple of them are uh, connected to the athletic program at UNLV, and they weren't fans of hers. But I'm not sure. I'm getting a completely objective viewpoint from those folks. Yeah, she went know, to Missouri between she went to Missouri between UNLV and Ohio in uh, in Arizona. Yeah, I heard Missouri. She did some good. I mean, the you know the football program got turned around and well, and they uh, had some financial uh, issues there too. So I don't know. I assume uh, you know the financial issues in Missouri, and I'm not really too privy or yeah, I'm not on the inside or understand what's going on there. Uh, was more related to the athletic department. Then it was the school itself, and obviously the U of A has got massive school issues uh, as far as uh, financially because of the, you know, I guess they, you know, I don't want to get too much into this because I don't know much about it, but apparently the online, you know, classes that they've offered, that was a financial disaster for them. Interesting. All right, well, thanks, Bob. Appreciate that. Okay, good stuff. Thank you. All right, one other quick thing here. The Cardinals made a front office announcement. I don't know if they announced it or was reported, but Quentin Harris, who's been in their front office for several years, was a scout. Actually, was a player uh, for the Cardinals in the early 2000s, then became a scout, player personnel guy. He was a Steve Kime guy. Uh, He is no longer part of the organization. That, according, I believe it was first reported by CBS Sports. Uh, So he's a... No longer part of the Cardinals' front office at this point. And I'm not really sure how much he had to do with last year's front office because after after Monty Austinfort got hired, uh, Austinfort then hired uh, Dave Sears to be the assistant general manager, and that was the job, uh, one of the jobs or the, one of the you know things that uh, Harris used to have. So 
I'm not sure what uh, Harris did actually last year for the Cardinals, but he is no longer a part of the organization. Okay, we will get to the Suns, Mavericks, ASU, Washington, U of A, Washington State, more, I'm sure, during the extra point hosted by Kayla from 11 to 1 o'clock. All right, next segment, we'll wrap up today's Sports Zone with the National Roundup. Little college basketball from last night. Couple of uh, actually, last night was a tremendous night. It's short schedule, but considering how few games were played, as far as the big focus of things, uh, there were some really good games last night. Get to a couple of those. Also, I'll get to the updated point spreads for the three games I just mentioned: Suns and Mavericks, ASU versus Washington, U of A versus Washington State, and whatever else I can jam into the final segment of today's spectacular one-hour radio extravaganza known as the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2 100.7. It's time for today's National Roundup. All right, rapid fire, final segment of today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2 100.7. You heard Corey mention the uh, three games involving local teams tonight. Here's the latest line for those games. Suns at the Mavs. The Mavs are one-and-a-half-point favorite, total 244-and-a-half. ASU hosting Washington. Washington is a favorite tonight at ASU. Washington, two-and-a-half, total 154. And the U of A against Washington State in Tucson. Uh, the U of A, 13-point favorite in the battle of the two best teams in the Pac-12. U of A 13, the total is 140, uh, 150, 150 and a half. Quickly, let me get through a couple of things here from the scoreboard last night. LSU, you heard the highlight at the top of the show. Uh, Terrell Ward, uh, he had 17 points, got the uh, short, uh, short floater, as it says in the AP story here. Uh, as time expired, right at the end, of the, at the buzzer, at the uh, you know, it's, you know, after uh, after Kentucky had gone down and scored on the uh, previous possession, and uh, LSU, a second consecutive comeback win against a ranked team, and they won 75-74 last night over Kentucky in Baton Rouge. John Calipari, none happy after the game because his team didn't get loose balls, and that's been a problem all year. Meanwhile, Alabama outlasted Florida. They uh, That was an overtime game last night. Grant Nelson, 22 points, 8 rebounds, 6 block shots, Alabama, you know, pretty, they were down by double digits in this game. They came back and won in overtime against Florida, 98-93. This was a really well-played game uh, by both teams. Um, coming around on Florida a little bit, uh, they didn't make a shot for like seemingly, just. You know, I don't know if they made any shots, it seemed like in, uh, say, November and December, but, uh, you know, they, they've been better here lately, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Alabama, by the way, plays Kentucky. Uh, on Saturday at Kentucky. That's a big game. Meanwhile, a couple things heard through the grapevine. The Buccaneers, uh, they're uh, reportedly offering uh, Baker Mayfield a three-year contract extension up to $75 million. As far as uh, the uh, Chargers, looks like the elite center, Corey Lindsley, is going to have to retire because of some uh, health issues, non-football related, but health issues. Major League Baseball, J.D. Martinez has been mentioned as a possibility of heading to the Cubs if they do not re-sign Cody Bellinger. Meanwhile, college basketball, there's some talk that Bruce Pearl might leave Auburn for a more high-profile job, possibly Louisville or Ohio State. 
However, that could also be some smoke about Pearl from Team Pearl trying to get a better deal to stay at Auburn. Meanwhile, I mentioned Jim Laranega. Uh, Leonard Hamilton, also in his 70s, along with Laranega. Uh, uh, Hamilton at Florida State, Laranega at Miami. Both those guys possibly rumored to be retiring at the end of the year. And one other, we mentioned DePaul yesterday. We had the Paul conversation. Why are they so bad? Well, they're so bad right now that they are close to becoming the lowest rated Power 5 team ever in the history of the Ken Palm rankings in the, uh, his uh, formula. That goes back to 2002 when the Ken Palm, uh, you know, he first created this website, etc. 2002, this could be the worst Power 5 team ever in those Ken Palm rankings, and that's really bad. All right, next two hours, it'll be The Extra Point, hosted by Kayla. We'll have more phone call time, 602-260-1060. So if you weren't able to get in this hour, action-packed phone calls in the bottom of this hour, that was fun. Uh, you can get into the next two hours. This has been The Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.